Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Happy, happy hour, everybody. Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I was not just happy talking to Glenn Kirshner. I think I, I might have had a, a, a couple little, uh, orga- you know, justice is coming orgasms. Oh, God. Right? And so did you, apparently. What did he say? What did he say? The big, the, the only way to stop the big lie is to prosecute the big liar, mm-hmm. and it must be done federally. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right there. You got it right oh, in the hashtag. God. Yeah, you got me in the hashtag. Oh, justice oh, is coming. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh yeah, right baby. There. Yeah, right there. And then, right when you're almost there, Representative Ted Lieu, yeah. also on the happy hour this week. I, uh, it just, it's been a, a lot of fucking criminals, a lot of criming, a lot yes. of crimers criming, right? Yes. We got it. It's. I, I'm just saying. It was They're going to vote against the January 6th commission. Justice, it's, I, there are a lot of velociraptors coming for Donald Trump. Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. Just saying. It was a good time for us to be back in the studio, too. Yes, yes indeed, it yes. was. Because we have a lot yes. to pay attention to. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ted Lou, just, you know, rock star yep. on every level. Uh, so lots and lots to talk about. Enjoy the happy hour. Tip. And drink it up. Get it. Get your face up in it. Justice is back. Thank God you're back and justice is back. Okay. Help mommy. Okay, where do we start? So do you want to start with the uh, charges in New York against... Let's start with the good news. The uh, Obviously the grand jury in New York uh, with Trump yeah. and company. So, you know, you hear all kinds of things all over the place, right? About what's going to happen, who's going to flip. You know, I, I, it is unusual, first of all, right? That normally a grand jury is four weeks, maybe once a week. And this is three times a week. And there's now, does it mean they're going to do the whole six months or what, what, what happens there? Yeah, not necessarily. But grand juries in New York typically uh, sit for four weeks at a time. And uh, the D.A. has impaneled this grand jury to sit for six months, three days a week. So, listen, there is no doubt that this is the last stop on the road to an indictment of Trump and company. Um, when you look at every single data point, Steph, um, it points toward indictment from the two year battle to get a hold of Donald Trump's taxes and financial documents that took two trips to the Supreme Court. That's an important data point. Then they hired an expensive forensic accounting firm to pour through through those records looking for crime. Then they hired Mark Pomerantz, an expert, former federal gang and white collar prosecutor to be part of the team. And now they've been paneled the special Donald Trump grand jury 
this is the last stop on the road to an indictment. Um, I, I would bet a buck that Donald Trump will be indicted and it may not take six months. That's the outside window. You know, I think we could see indictments sometime later th- in the summer. <sighs> oh, sorry. I'm fine. I'm fine now. I'm back. Um, <laughs> so, you know, because we've heard so much talk about, uh, first of all, the story this morning, Jennifer Weisselberg, the former daughter-in-law of Trump CFO, uh, Alan Weisselberg, says she's being evicted from her apartment because she's obviously been speaking out about Donald Trump's criminality. She said, Alan Weisselberg is on my lease. Yesterday I was served to leave my apartment within the next seven days. Um, you were so, he, you just saw her on uh, Ari Melber with Michael Cohen and Stephanie Winston Wolkoff. She said, I spoke about details on the Trump payroll corp on that show. There's definitely tax evasion for the first time. They seem really nervous. Um, she says that she thinks her former father-in-law will flip. He doesn't want to spend the rest of his life in prison or his kids. Um, I, this feels so mobby to me, right? That they just like, here's, you know, a free apartment. Here's your grandkids are getting their school paid for. But, you know stay in line right but that's where yeah Cy Vance could be using the New York RICO statute to go after the Trump organization as a criminal enterprise that wouldn't surprise me at all and look Alan Weisselberg can't be so foolish can't be so naive to believe that Donald Trump is not prepared to say wait a minute Alan Weisselberg never told me about all these financial crimes he was committing on behalf of the Trump organization. So of course that's absurd because we all know what a micromanager Donald Trump is. So he knew about and approved all of these financial crimes, but you know, he is going to throw Weisselberg under the bus. So why wouldn't Weisselberg get in front of that, come on board and tell DA Vance all about Donald Trump's crimes? Yeah, yeah, I I mean, but that's what Michael Cohen said, right? They're all gonna flip on each other. He's going to flip on his own yep. children because and that that just goes with his entire life. I mean, his entire business model has been fraud. We forget. Right. Weisselberg already testified against him. Which was it? Was it the fraud? You, Trump you know, University. Trump University yeah. or the fraud charity they had to shut down? I mean, it, it's it really boy, he has a lifetime of justice karma coming, doesn't he? I mean, it's just it's extraordinary what he's gotten away with. Yeah. And, and to, just to do a quick, deeper dive into the grand jury, remember, Cy Vance has been issuing grand jury subpoenas all along for Trump's taxes and financial documents. Remember, um, Jennifer Weisselberg said, I got a subpoena a few months ago and I handed over a bunch of boxes of documents. What makes this six month grand jury different is I believe it's impaneled to put all of the live witnesses before the grand jury. Why is that important? Because when you put a witness in the grand jury, you're locking that witness into their testimony such that when they're called at trial, if they try to spin you and back away from testimony that incriminates Donald Trump, you can use their grand jury transcript against them and you can hand it to the jury and say, it doesn't matter what that person just said on the witness stand, here's what they told the grand jury And that is evidence you can use to convict Donald Trump. That's why it's so important at this moment to spend uh, however many months it takes putting all of the live testimony before the grand jury. Now, Rudy Giuliani says that this uh, uh, is illegal, this investigation into anything that he or Donald Trump has done that's illegal. What is your legal take on that, Glenn? Do we have have a Rudy to inflict on him? Which one? Nine? Yeah. Well, well, for... Yeah, 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 first of all, Rudy Giuliani should know what's illegal because he's been involved in illegality right. for the last several years. But 
everything Rudy Giuliani says can just be, you know, discarded because all he's trying to do is grasp at whatever straws he can to try to keep from being indicted himself. And I have a feeling after the, the Department of Justice prosecutors pour through everything they got in Rudy Giuliani's electronic devices, courtesy of a federal judge authorizing a search warrant for Rudy Giuliani's stuff. Rudy's going to be, you know, looking at an indictment himself. Yeah. You so you uh, gave us a heads up on Twitter just for what we can what we should expect or see going forward with the grand jury. You said prosecutors cannot disclose who they subpoena to the grand jury. Grand juries uh, grand jurors cannot disclose the identity of witnesses who appear, appear before the grand jury. However, the witness can reveal that he or she has been subpoenaed to appear before the grand jury. So because we're just everybody's going to be on the edge of their seat, right, going, what's happening? What's going on? Who's today? Right. Yeah. So here's what we're going to see. First of all, we're going to see reporters camped out trying to see who goes into the building and who leaves the building and then chase them down and say, did you testify in the grand jury? You will probably only hear from witnesses who are antagonistic to the prosecutors, right? People who might still be in Donald Trump's camp, because what they're going to do is come out And they're going to be like, I told that grand jury Trump did nothing wrong. And this is a witch hunt. Those are the kind of people who are likely to step to the camera and air out their BS, the actual incriminating witnesses. And I'm telling you, they're going to call everybody who, you know, has ever come within 100 yards of the Trump organization. They're going to call bank executives who approved loans. They're going to call insurance company types who you know, uh, who issued insurance policies on Donald Trump's properties. Why? Because they're going to show how Donald Trump was playing with the value of his properties, inflating them for loan purposes, deflating them for tax purposes. And when they pour through all these financial documents, the fraud is going to be screaming. It's going to be jumping off the pages. But they have to put all these witnesses before the grand jury so they can build that case. You know, it's so weird. You know who told us all of this is uh, Hillary. (laughs) That's funny because it's all on tape. I'm going to die mad. Okay, um, (laughs) so you said the DOJ appealing uh, Judge Jackson's order to release the DOJ bar Trump uh, protection memo. It feels wrong, but it may may not actually be wrong, depending on the rationale. You know, I've been just waiting (laughs) for you to come home and tell us about this because I don't get it. Right. I mean, obviously, I know a lot of your colleagues, Neil Katyal, you know, uh, we've had Barb McQuaid, Joyce Vance on. On its face, it seems infuriating that why are we protecting bars DOJ, which is so was so clearly corrupt. But give us your take. Okay, yeah, this is deep dive stuff. It's tough to condense down to a minute, but let me try. So it looks like a transparency deficit because there's this memo and we all want to see it. So when we hear that Merrick Garland's Department of Justice is fighting its release, appealing Judge Jackson's order releasing it, we, we lose our minds. We get so frustrated because it feels like something is being hidden here. I don't think that's what's going on. Listen, let me try to break it down. Use a hypothetical. If the memo says, the memo that was generated by all these Department of Justice prosecutors, if the memo says Donald Trump committed crimes, and then Bill Barr stepped to the camera and says, Donald Trump committed no crimes, and I'm relying on the memo as authority for that conclusion, the memo is not the problem. Let's assume the memo says that. It's not the problem. What the problem is, is Bill Barr twisting the basis, lying about the basis 
for his announcement that Donald Trump committed no crimes. And Judge Jackson already told us that. She told us Bill Barr lied about his justification for saying Donald Trump committed no crimes. But this memo, Steph, it, it actually does enjoy a deliberative process privilege. And that's what Merrick Garland is trying to protect because tomorrow Merrick Garland is going to have to use the deliberative process privilege legitimately. And so he's trying to preserve the institution's ability to use that privilege. It's not the memo that's the problem. We actually, I would love to see the memo, but we don't need to see the memo to conclude that Bill Barr lied to us. That's why this feels wrong, but I don't believe it actually is wrong. So do you think Mayor Garland will prosecute Donald Trump for obstruction of justice and or Bill Barr? He will prosecute. He will indict Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a federal problem and we need a federal solution. He's violated the laws of the United States. We can't let New York State do our dirty work. We can't let the state of Georgia do our dirty work. Yes, those states should prosecute for violations of their state laws. But Donald Trump violated so many federal laws. He's a federal problem. It takes a federal solution. And the only solution is a federal indictment. And I believe Merrick Garland and his deputy attorney general, Lisa Monaco, will do just that. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I get very overexcited when Glenn's here. So Donald Trump's attorney defended him uh, uh, in his speech on January 6th, saying he's protected under the First Amendment and had absolute immunity. What you have children is why does he keep invoking what seems like some sort of kid superpower? Absolute immunity. He, I have. It's like yeah, no, he, no, he, he has, doesn't. He has, right? Yes, he has unicorn immunity. <laughs> right? Absolute immunity has a long and distinguished history of being rejected by the courts. It was rejected in 2008 in federal district court by Judge John Bates when George W. Bush raised it. The court said no such thing, GW. Now, in and think about this, in 2020, yeah. what did Donald Trump argue before the Supreme Court trying to keep his taxes and his financial documents buried? He said, I have absolute immunity. In 2020, his own Supreme Court said, no, you don't. There's no such thing. There's no unicorn immunity, though Donald Trump continues to raise it. But let me give you an example of when a politician does have actual limited immunity. If, if Congress sent legislation to Trump and he vetoed it, which he would be entitled to do, and citizens were so angry that they sued him for the veto, he would have limited immunity. You can't sue a president for doing something that is part of his official duties. But guess what? Launching an attack against the Capitol part of to his, overturn yeah. an election Thank is you. not part of his official duties. No immunity. Thank you. Okay, I just couple. I have so much more, but oh my God, you can't ever go away again. So the filing <laughs> from Trump's legal team also argues that Eric Swalwell can't sue him because the House already impeached him and the Senate tried him. You remember at the time, Republican leaders said, oh, well, this isn't the right place, but there's a right. Mitch McConnell said he hasn't gotten away with anything yet. We have legal. But this is what they keep doing, right? Then when it comes back to... Uh, you know, the lawyer suggests if Trump were held responsible, Swalwell and Democrats could be held responsible for the shooting of Steve Scalise at a baseball practice. Okay, can you explain why this is different and why they just apparently there is no correct venue in which to hold Donald Trump responsible for anything, according to them, yeah, right? That's that's the game Trump is trying to play, and he will lose. The Swalwell suit will go forward, and discovery will be conducted, and discovery is Donald Trump's worst nightmare because they can force him to sit 
for a deposition. They can put him under oath. And frankly, after he answers the question, state your name, I'm not sure he can tell the truth about anything after that. So, yeah, just just like um, just like when they were saying you can't prosecute a sitting president, but you can prosecute him after he leaves office. And now Donald Trump is saying, oh, and you can't prosecute me after I leave office. That's a recipe for shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue and getting away with it completely. All of this will be rejected in a court of law once this stuff is litigated. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like we've seen the, you know, the uh, the Manafort stuff, where, as Rachel Maddow keeps saying, what we thought happened happened. And as you said about Manafort, you said a corrupt pardon can and should be, uh, uh, um, I don't know what's the word, right? Overturned. Challenged and Challenged, court, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, so, all right, let's, because the Republicans will vote against a, a January 6th commission today, as you know. Um, you retweeted someone that's Kenneth that said at least four Republicans who sought to undercut or overturn the 2020 president election are launching campaigns to become the top election official in key states that could decide control of Congress in 2022 and who wins the White House in 24. You said which is exactly why criminal charges must be brought against those who orchestrated and incited the insurrection to overthrow the incoming government and those who tried to criminally steal the votes in Georgia, 11,000, whatever, um, failing to charge Trump and company equals surrendering our Republican, our, our Republic, excuse me. And I just, can I just pair that with a Stephen Beschloss tweet? He said, we're watching a slow motion insurrection being carried out by Republicans in suits and ties in states all across the country. They're putting in place the pieces to do in the next elections, what the mob failed to do on January 6th. So explain all that and why, why and how we stop that. Yeah. So first of all, I'll use the parallel um, and I am always loath to go to the Holocaust. And I know that your dad was one of the Nuremberg prosecutors. But I, I'm betting that the Nazi war criminals didn't vote in favor of yes. having. We got a big no from Nuremberg. them. Right. Yes, we got a no right? from them on participating. Um, yes. But, but, but here, here's what's at, at the core of all of this right now. The only way to stop the momentum of the big lie is to prosecute the big liar because if you don't prosecute donald trump for inciting an insurrection and for a seditious conspiracy both of those criminal charges um, are supported by the evidence in my opinion then all you are doing is continuing to fuel the big lie and it will grow and it will metastasize and it will eat our republic alive that's why we have to prosecute the big liar, and we have to do it federally. We can't let the state courts do our yeah. dirty work. Yeah, except that then here comes Georgia on on the uh, that that. Uh, I mean, oh. it is extraordinary the conversation we're having this morning about a, a former president, isn't it? I mean, he is in trouble on. I mean, legitimately on so many legal fronts. It's sometimes hard to wrap your head around it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and look, he stole the election in the first place. Thank There's you. No two ways about it. He he, and he stole the election. What, what what is just so frustrating is he stole the election not only by paying off playmates and porn stars to bury deeply incriminating information that the the american voters had a right to know before they went to the polls but he also welcomed and encouraged and accepted russia's assistance in helping him steal the election and then the minute he was sworn in he held up this this presidential shield against prosecution it's insane to say Someone can steal the presidency 
And then because he's president, he can't be held accountable for stealing the presidency. This is mind-numbingly stupid from the Office of Legal Counsel at the Department of Justice saying you can't prosecute a president for stealing the presidency. Oh, God, it's like Christmas morning when you're here. And then you leave us with Matt Gates saying, I'm not focused on scandal, I'm focused on socialism. And you said, Matt will soon have an opportunity to focus on his indictment. Yes. Oh, Santa, I love you. Don't ever go away again. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, honey. Love right. you. I love Bye. you too. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, I own so much, I keep biting my hand. Well, there's a reason God made happy hour. There's also so much going on in the world that can make it difficult to relax and decompress, right? You've experienced the Sunday scaries, that feeling of dread in the pit of your stomach that comes on Sunday afternoons. Now, here's a totally different Sunday scaries, vitamin-boosted CBD gummies, and you don't even have to wait until Sunday night rolls around. Self-care is so important, and Sunday Scaries is here to help. Sunday Scaries believes that everyone deserves a hand on a difficult day, so if you're looking for a way to decompress, Sunday Scaries has you covered with their CBD products. Visit sundayscaries.com, use that promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout to get 25% off your order. That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com. Promo code SEXYLIBERAL. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use or sale to persons under the age of 18. Sundayscaries.com. Type in sexy liberal. Um, you know, every time Ted Lou speaks on the floor of Congress, on uh, uh, television, on Twitter, this is what I hear. Rockstar cheers. Because mm-hmm. he is a rock star in every arena, yep. and he joins us now. It's been way too long. Representative Ted Lou. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you? I am good. I, we have missed you. Um, let's get right into it because I needed a big legal gun like you and congressional gun. You just sim- put it simply, which is best. You said Paul Manafort, the campaign manager for the former president, colluded with Russia. That is simply a fact. What do we do about that? I mean, I know I was saying Glenn Kirshner said corrupt pardons can and must be challenged. What, what do you I mean, obviously, everything we said about Russia, as Rachel Maddow said last night, right? What we thought happened, happened. So now what? In exactly. Your- and what their former campaign manager for their former president did is he shared sensitive internal polling data with the Russians, and then he lied about it. Why would he lie about it? Because it was important, because that's what collusion is. He was helping the Russians understand how they can best target the 2016 elections. And that's exactly what the Russians did. I urge the Department of Justice to really look at what the judge released and really see if his pardon by the former president was large enough to cover all of the crimes he engaged in. And if it isn't, I think they should go after him. Yeah, I was just going to say he wasn't pardoned for this, was he? And, and I just don't see how we create this precedent in American life and in democracy. Do you? So one of their failures of the last four years was not only that their Trump administration exploited loopholes, but they also just frank, frankly violated the law in many instances. And what we're trying to do in Congress after we get the American economy back on track and the pandemic under control is to close all these loopholes. But there are some that we can't, and it relies on the Department of Justice to actually prosecute when someone engages in a crime. And I urge them to look at what Paul Manafort did and whether... They can still do it despite the pardon that he got from the former president. 
Representative, let's talk about the, the DOJ now as well, this Barr memo that the judge unequivocally said Barr lied in, the, in this uh, memo. So I, this is a, what is it, a partial appeal, what the DOJ is doing of this Barr memo. Once again, how do we let stand 10 concrete instances of the President of the United States obstru- committing obstruction of justice? And not, I mean, what, what, what happens with this now, do you think? The House Judiciary Committee is trying to not let it stand, which is why Don McGahn has now agreed to come and speak with us. It's also more than two years after we issued our subpoena, which shows a failure of their congressional subpoena power. That's why I've introduced legislation to authorize Congress to use our inherent contempt power to find witnesses up to $100,000 for disobeying congressional subpoenas. And then specifically on the Barr memo, I hope DOJ would have released an entire memo. A partial one is a partial victory. It's better than nothing. But I do hope the courts will require the release of the full memo. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was just going to ask you about that. Your inherent contempt legislation, I think, is so important because what we... I mean, Representative, I don't think we've ever seen anything like the Trump administration, have we? There's complete lawlessness. And just, they didn't respond to any subpoenas, any, I mean, again, creating precedent, right? That that just, they are all above the law. They don't have to answer subpoenas. So that's what your legislation is about, right? Exactly. And it applies not only to government witnesses, but also the private sector. Because the private sector is watching and they realize, hey, if we just ignore a congressional subpoena, the most that happens is they send another nasty letter about complying with the congressional subpoena, and then it takes two years or more to litigate it in court. So essentially, these subpoenas are meaningless if you don't enforce them. That's why we need to get my bill through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So January, let's talk about the <laughs> January 6th uh, yeah. commission. I mean, you were talking about the poll showing 54% of Republicans uh, say the riot was led by violent left-wing protesters trying to make Trump look bad. You just said this is beyond rejecting the evidence of your eyes and ears. This is holding two contradictory ideas simultaneously. An insurrectionist can't be a violent left-wing protester and a peaceful, peaceful patriot at the at the same time. What So Chuck Schumer has just said he's going to put this on the floor of the Senate, but it, it doesn't appear we're going to get the votes. What is your take on what we do, again, in terms of precedent and prosecuting January 6th? The January 6th commission had a bipartisan vote in the House of Representatives. We believe it will also get a bipartisan vote in the U.S. Senate. I'm pleased Senator Romney has said he would vote for it. So let's see where the votes go. Um, if you actually put it up for a vote, And if the Republican senators, most of them are not going to vote for it, let's force them to vote no or force them to filibuster this so the American people can see that they don't want to know the truth of what happened on January 6th. And the polls of the Republican base are highly disturbing because this is really bizarre that they can hold two opposite ideas in their head, one of which is this was a peaceful protest. And at the same time, was led by violent left-wing protesters trying to make Trump look bad. You can't have both of those ideas in your head at the same time. I just, you know, so many people have made analogies to, you know, this is like asking Al-Qaeda to serve on a 9-11 commission with you or asking Nazis if they'd like to be on the Nuremberg, you know, trials with you. I, I just, they are involved. Obviously, other members are involved in this. And Donald Trump is the ringleader. So what... What is what? Should, I mean, obviously, with Benghazi, they just went ahead. 
with select committees 33 times, right? They don't play by any of the rules that we seem to play by. Well, I mean, what do you think is the best way or do, or the, what you think the way will be forward? That is the fallback plan. Uh, I believe Speaker Pelosi will have some sort of select committee to investigate January 6th. This is not going to go uninvestigated. It's simply the form in which it will take. So the Republicans have a choice. They can have a commission that is half appointed by Democrats, half appointed by Republicans with limited subpoena power, or they can vote no on that and then wouldn't go to a select committee with full subpoena power that has a majority Democrat. So I don't really even understand why they're opposing this bipartisan commission at this point, because the next commission they're going to get or the next committee is going to give the Democrats even more leverage. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Um, well, speaking of which, you said, why are the Republican leader in the House Republican Caucus still supporting Matt Gates to be on the House Judiciary Committee? The committee has oversight over the DOJ, which is investigating Gates for alleged sex crimes. I, I, I mean, again, they're just they seem to be governed by no rules at all. Right. Well, thankfully, we still do have a Department of Justice that's investigating these alleged crimes. What we do know is one of Matt Gates's best friend has pleaded guilty and he pled guilty to sex crimes including sex trafficking and sex with a minor uh, under 18. we also know from public reporting that matt gates is a subject of this same exact criminal investigation and that there are these Vemo accounts with matt gates basically sending money to many of these same women including one who was under 18. and if in fact matt gates did have sexual relations with a minor, that is a minimum 10-year federal sentence. So this is a very severe investigation. And Matt Gates sits on the House Judiciary Committee that has oversight over the Department of Justice who's investigating him. Yeah. Clear conflict of interest. And that's why he needs to leave the committee immediately. I don't know why Kevin McCarthy hasn't removed him yet. Yeah. And Representative, you're one of the few people just really, I think, that gets the urgency and the seriousness of what happened, what's happening and how quickly we could become Belarus. When you think about what almost happened on January 6th, what is now happening in Arizona and Georgia and all of these bills beyond the voter suppression are just we're just going to overturn it and send our own electors if we don't like who won. I mean, you you tweeted about uh, uh, five Oregon counties vote to secede from liberal Oregon in favor of Idaho. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, your delightful colleague, said secession, the disconnected swamp would blow a gasket if they knew how many people are actually talking about this because of how fast Biden is blowing it. The Dems have totally lost control of everything, and everyone knows that America first is the only way. You just said, dear Marjorie Taylor Greene, did Q tell you to say this? No American member of Congress should ever endorse secession. I mean, it is 
this is the I mean, it's the overthrow of democracy on all these issues we're talking about. Really? I mean, that's how serious it is. Don't you think? Uh, absolutely. So I'm going to say something that I find very alarming and then something gives me hope. So what is alarming is you're exactly right. You have members like Marjorie Taylor Greene and others, including Republican state legislators who seem to be on this path of simply not accepting the electoral results. And these voter suppression laws are in fact uh, very bad in these multiple states. At the same time, what gives you hope is these laws aren't the same as the Jim Crow laws from before. They don't actually stop you from voting. So in the past, let's say you couldn't count the number of jelly beans in a jar, you couldn't vote. What these laws do is they make it harder for people to vote, but if you're registered to vote, you can vote. So for example, they have this ludicrous provision saying, it's a crime to give a voter water while standing you know, in the long voting line. Well, okay, so you know what you do? You tell voters that you make them bring their own water. So there are ways to overcome this. And by the way, next year, I'm gonna fly to Georgia on Delta Airlines, wear my Nikes and a Major League Baseball cap <laughs> yes. and hand out water to people standing in line. I yes. bet you a lot of people are gonna be doing that with me because I think you'll see mass civil disobedience Absolutely. as well to these laws. Yeah. Have I mentioned how often I, I, I say I love you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just love how you snap back on Twitter. The, Dear Ted Cruz, unlike you, I served on active duty. These are not Democratic videos. They're military videos made by the U.S. Army um, because he called our troops pansies which is homophobic and also uh okay wrong while praising the russian military i i just i don't know how you deal with all this uh madison cawthorn says the british would not have surrendered at yorktown if george washington was wearing a mask you said dear representative cawthorn george washington vaccinated the army against smallpox he won at yorktown because of superior strategy and help from france wouldn't have mattered if he wore a mask you don't know your history is this why you lied about getting accepted by the naval academy oh thank you for calling out these fake patriots that didn't serve like you did I mean, it's, I don't know how you go to work every day and tolerate these people representative. I mean. You learn to smile a lot. <laughs> and you have a lovely smile. Yeah. Well, let's talk real quick. I, can I just say quickly on infrastructure? I just feel like it's the same play every time. Not one of them votes for COVID relief and then they take credit for it. Not one of them is going to probably vote for, they're not going to vote for the January 6th commission. They're not going to, you're not going to get one vote probably on infrastructure. I mean, shouldn't we just do our own plan the way Biden wanted it, as big as it should be? Because this is what we do. We let them in, they do amendments, we ask for suggestions, we take all this time, and then none of them vote for it. So what do we do on infrastructure? I don't disagree with what you just said. I do think that the way infrastructure is going to get through, if we can't get at least 60 votes, is it's going to have to go through budget reconciliation. So I do think the Biden administration is going to make a good faith attempt to try to get 60 votes. And if we can do that, that would be great. Uh, I don't think it's likely going to happen. I don't think it's impossible because Republicans, as an idea, generally support infrastructure. They just don't want to pay for it. And so we'll see what happens. But if we can't get 60 votes, we're going to need every Democrat to support it. And it's not clear to me that there's enough Senate Democrats that would support the plan as proposed by President Biden. I think that's one reason he's also making some modifications to it. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Okay, let's talk about I know the Asian hate crime bill passed, but you have introduced the Stop Hate Crimes Act with Lucy McBath. Just explain to us real quickly why that's different. I mean, as I understand it, hate crime is often difficult to prosecute because 
you have to show that the victim's race, religion, whatever, was the entire reason, right? And you're saying um, the sole reason for the crime. And so this is, under this legislation, a prosecutor can charge the crime if um, it was a contributing motivating factor in the defendant's. So that's important legally, right? That's correct. So I'm pleased to have been a co-author of the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act that was signed into law by President Biden. And as you know, there has been a surge of nearly 150% in hate crimes against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders last year across major cities. What we know is the federal hate crimes law is not used that often because the standard is very high. Essentially, you have to show that race, gender, sexual orientation, or any other protected class was the only reason for the commission of that crime. I'm a former prosecutor. Not only is that a high standard, it also doesn't reflect reality. Reality is a defendant can commit a crime for multiple reasons. And our bill basically says, look, if race or any other protected class is a contributing reason to that crime, then yes, we can charge you. And hopefully we can get that through the House as well. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say having a president despicable enough to use the term Kung flu and China virus multiple times. Um, just disgraceful that that's probably one of the biggest motivating factors in the, the huge rise uh, in that crime, as you mentioned. It's also one reason the American people fired him. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Representative, you always give me hope. We just are so proud of you out here in California. Don't know what we could just burst. thank you that was just a declarative statement i didn't really want a response but okay (laughs) thanks as always for taking time for us we appreciate it thank you all right we'll see you soon there he goes rockstar cheers ted lou yay he's spicy on twitter yes he is okay